praise. Can we give him some praise tonight? We love you, Jesus. We praise your name, God. We thank you for everything you've done for us, God. We honor you. We give you glory. We give you praise. We give you honor. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for loving us tonight, Jesus. Speak to our hearts. Pastor called me this morning after, after service and said, uh, <clears throat> you and Dylan are speaking tonight. And uh, he said, you're in, you have to be instant in season, out of season. And uh, that's all good for duck hunting. But uh, when it comes to speaking, but anyway, and he gave me 10 minutes. So I'm trying to figure that one out too. But we're going to go to Luke. I'm going to go to Luke chapter 1 tonight. And uh, we're going into the Christmas season. And so I'm kind of taking a different approach. And um, so if you're not in the Christmas spirit, you have about five seconds to get into it. <clears throat> um, but I'm going to try to prepare our hearts from a different perspective going into Christmas. Um, sort of different than we normally go into it. But Luke 1, starting at 26, in the sixth month... Of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel was talking about. And he said, Don't be afraid, for you have found favor with God. And you're going to conceive and give birth to a son. And you're going to name him Jesus. And he will be very great and will give, and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. And he will reign over Israel forever. It's probably safe to say that most of us in here like to have a plan. It's probably safe to say that we have some control freaks in here. You have to be in control of everything that you do. And the Christmas story to me is probably a classic case of poor planning. They didn't even have a room booked for the time when the baby was being born. There was a miscommunication because the angel came to Mary and he didn't tell Joseph. So Joseph was going to call off the engagement. And I'm thinking to myself, why wouldn't the angel just meet with them at the same time and save another trip from heaven and cut down on jet fuel costs and everything else? But it seems to be an example of poor planning. But from another standpoint, God must love to surprise people. And we like to surprise people. That's one of the things that we like about Christmas. You, lo you like to give gifts. Well, I hope you do. But we like to surprise people. But you, do you ever wonder if people that we are surprising actually like to be surprised? Do you ever wonder if they actually want to be surprised? What if we asked God that question? Like, God, I know you like to surprise people, but do you ever wonder if we really want to be surprised? Because if you would let us know, then we could prepare for things better in our lives. 
And I'm sure Mary felt this way, but she had a response. And it was to accept God's plan above her own. Mike Tyson said, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. What will you do when life decides sometimes to sort of punch you in the face? And I believe God wants to prepare us going into this Christmas and holiday season. Because even though there won't be an angel that will appear to you and tell you that you're pregnant with God's baby, there may be some surprises that God or life may spring on you this year, this Christmas season. And he wants us to know that what, 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 what to do when life says there's been a change of plans. What to do when life says I've changed the plans on you. I wish an angel always showed up. I do. Because then I would know that God changed the plans in my life. And I would know to kind of, um, it would be easier for me to go with it sometimes. I wish an angel showed up, but it doesn't happen. I don't mind changing plans, but uh, I don't like people changing plans on me. And, and it's probably for most of us the same way. But some of us, maybe we always planned on spending, spending Christmas with, with your mom or your dad. And then maybe there was a split and they were no longer together. So you had to spend Christmas at different houses. Maybe that person that you were counting on to be there in your life passed away or left you. And, and now they're not there for you anymore in that Christmas season, in that family-oriented season. There was a change of plans in your life. In Christmas, this Christmas, this season that we're going into, whatever happens, whatever they do, whoever shows up, whoever doesn't show up, don't let your plans make you miss God's purpose. Mary, I know you were planning for a wedding, but while you were planning a wedding, God was planning to save the world. There's been a a change of plans, Mary. There's been a change of plans. Mary, you haven't even finished your wedding registry, and now you have to make a baby registry because there's been a change of plans. And it's not that Mary didn't want a baby. She just didn't want a baby yet. You know, I mean, she was 16 and pregnant. And, And it was out of order. What do you do? You ever notice that God never checks your calendar? He never looks at your itinerary. God wants to change the plans of some of our lives this Christmas, probably for the better. He wants to plan for interruptions. This year, plan for some interruptions in your life. Some of the greatest invitations in your life will come in the form of an interruption. Plan for interruption. Also, while you're at it, Mary would probably tell you to plan for inconvenience. This Christmas season, not only did you find out you were pregnant, but you found out that you were divinely pregnant. So she has to explain to everybody that she wasn't sleeping around. And and not only that, but the inconvenience of actually carrying this child across the country and giving birth to it in a barn. God could have made better accommodations for a king. He could have. But maybe in this story, not only is this story about Jesus coming to earth, but maybe in this story it's about plan 
for inconvenience in your life sometimes. Some of us get so disappointed in in the Christmas season because we worship the idea of Christmas. You're in love with the picture of Christmas. Um, Growing up, my mom always loved getting Christmas cards. And then if you would go to her house, they're, they're all over the house, almost like a shrine. And Whitney enjoys them too but me and I mean this in all due respect I could care less about your Christmas cards I love you and I love your family and everything but Christmas cards that isn't real life because we all know what's on the other side of the Christmas card show me a Christmas card with mom's hair crazy and the kids screaming and dad stressing out over the credit card bills show me that Christmas card we were in Branson last week, and I told Whitney, I said, let's just do an old-time photo, and you use it as a Christmas card. And she said, no, people would think we're being serious. And I said, who cares? It's just a Christmas card. But with saying that, here's another thing to plan for this year. Plan for imperfection. Plan for imperfection in your life. Because if you're planning for perfection all the time, you're going to be very, very disappointed. Sometimes our expectations of perfection will stop our celebration of our progress. Pregnancy is such a, a fitting metaphor for what it's really like to be carrying anything God puts inside of you. And because you celebrate the progress... People, when, they are, when, when, when women get pregnant or couples are having a baby, they love to post or show you their first sonogram picture. And, and used to, before um, I became a dad, people would show me their, their picture, their sonogram, or post it, and I would pretend to be excited because I didn't understand. They were like, show me a picture, and like, here, look at my blob. That's what it was. It was a blob. But, but now I know what it feels like because two years ago we were in a season of pregnancy and, and I know what it feels like the first time you look at that screen and you see that blob and you get excited and you're like, oh, it's got your mouth. I don't even know where the mouth is, but it's got your mouth. It's a blob. But I know what it feels like and, and what are you doing? You're, you're, you're celebrating the progress of growth. But then we'll grow up and we'll get so hard on ourselves and each other to where we don't know how to celebrate our own progress or anybody else's. And and then we get mad and we get frustrated with each other. And God wants to say, I didn't wait till you were perfect to come and save you. While you were still sinners, Christ came and died for us. God said, I prepared, I planned for your imperfection. He knew from the beginning that we couldn't get it right. So he said, I'm going to send my son down to save you. I expected your imperfections. So I sent down perfection. So this Christmas, we're not planning for the people in our lives to be perfect. They're hurting too. We're not planning for them to say all the right things this Christmas because you don't say all the right things either. Plan for imperfection. And lastly, plan for the impossible. Plan for the impossible. God wants to do things in your life and in Indian Village this coming year that will defy human reason. The sickness, the fear, the lost loved ones, 
people coming in and you say, well, that don't even make sense. Of course it doesn't make sense. It's God. Luke 1.34, she said, how can this be? I am a virgin. And Luke 1.37, he said this, for the word of God will never fail. And you say, yeah, I want that to happen this year. I want God to do things impossible this year. But some of you are carrying impossible weights into the Christmas season. And I close with this story. A pastor in Montana was out on a date with his wife. And they get back to find that their five-year-old daughter, one of four, had died from an asthma attack while they were gone. And a year later, on that same day, they started a tradition where they would go to her grave and his wife and the three daughters would take their favorite color paint and paint pictures in the snow around her grave on a day where most people would be curled up in their bed saying, God, you took my daughter. I came out here in the middle of nowhere to start a church and you took my daughter. But instead they were celebrating the life and the time that they had with her. What do you do when life changes the plans without asking you? He said, there's a hole in my heart and I'll never stop hurting for her. But you know what? She loved rainbows. So guess what? On this day, we're going to go out to the place where her body is and we're going to paint colors to celebrate her life. There's been a change of plans, but God still has a purpose for your life. It doesn't matter how much pain, it doesn't ha- matter how much thing, how much stuff took you by surprise. There's a purpose in everything. Don't let your plans that didn't happen make you miss the purpose that is happening in your life right now. This season, make up your mind to be okay with shadows in the midst of Christmas lights. Don't let what you lost make you miss what you have left. Before Jesus, God used men like Abraham and Moses. But when the time came, God said, I'm coming down. And I'm going to take care of this myself because there's been a change of plans. And he said, get the shepherds in the field. The shepherds, all the ones that the rich people looked down on and and called them low lives. They were always overlooked. God said, get the shepherds because I'm going to use them to announce the birth of a king. He said, get the drug addict. Get the one who was abused when she was 12. He said, find the dirtiest person and tell them that I got good news for them. That there's been a change of plans on the earth. Romans 8 and 3 said this, the law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control by giving us his son as a sacrifice for our sins. And with that, I tell you, Merry Christmas in the village.